0: Hello! I know that you are all as excited as we are for us to return to our chapter episode, so I'm going to keep this brief. I want to let you know that part two of our Gender and Sexuality Advice episode is going up on Patreon today. It's available for everyone to listen to, and I will put the link in our show notes so that you can find it. Speaking of Patreon, we're doing a new thing where we basically are going to be live-tweeting watches of terrible fantasy movies in our patron-only Discord. Um, The first one of these is going to be on July 29th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, and we're going to be watching Warriors of Virtue, which is a movie about anthropomorphic ninja kangaroos. Um, If you're a patron of ours and you haven't set up your Discord yet, make sure you do that before then. And with that...
1: Gay people love comments. I'm dead. We have to (laughs) stop this podcast. This book causes Satanism. What is left for us to rant about? (laughs) There is nothing straight about Plum Velvet.
0: (laughs) You shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. (laughs) Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person.
1: I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall.
0: Let's talk about (laughs) Harry Potter hello and welcome to the gaily prophet a humorous yet ruthless podcast where two queer irl witches reread harry potter and talk about it i am america's favorite griffin dandy lark malachi gray
1: and i am griffin dyke extraordinaire jesse blount and today we are talking about chapter six of goblet of fire the Portkey, in which the gang and the twins get up hella early to hike to the Portkey point which will take them to the world cup which is yet another terrible form of magical transportation. Uh, y'all, this chapter is mostly just plot set up. We meet quote-unquote extremely handsome, <laughs> such a dairy Hufflepuff, <laughs> his dad Amos, uh, learn more about apparition, the the spell Asio, and the logistical nightmare of having 100,000 witches in one place without muggles knowing that they're there.
0: Yep. Real quick before I read the headlines, y'all I'm recording in a different room than usual and also have a fan on me because as you probably are aware it's been like 115 degrees in Portland and it's not safe for me to record in the room that doesn't have the AC so if the sound is weird that's why but hopefully it's not. Uh, Anyway let's start this off with today's headlines. Depiction of Molly Weasley is just one big pile of evidence that this author is not a feminist. (laughs) (laughs) yep
1: that's great that's perfect
0: thanks all right we turn to the front page where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else jesse would you like to start us off
1: yes i'm gonna start us off with maybe the most noticeable point of bad exposition in this chapter which is fred asking about why can't they just apparate which is like so Harry will know about apparition license and blah de blah and being old enough. But really, I feel as if Fred should already know this. It feels similar to knowing as an American teen and child how old you had to be in order to drive. Which you could get your learner's permit at 16 and then could drive by yourself at 18. And I mean, I didn't do any of those things. I didn't learn to drive until I was like you in the can, 30s. You can but drive
0: when you're 16.
1: You can drive when you're 16. I knew that by in elementary school so this is just very clumsy exposition
0: yeah i caught that too because they don't even take lessons until sixth year right and aren't fred and george about to enter fifth year
1: well no they took they're entering their sixth year because they already took their owls because that was one of the things that she was angry about
0: right 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 yeah it would have been so easy i feel like this is always like here's a terrible plot thing here's a really fucking easy fix which is them just being like oh i wish i already had my apparition license done fixed why
1: right it's like oh i can't wait to learn this next year it's the only thing i want to learn is which i mean given what how ingenious the twins are it probably literally is the only thing left that they want to learn in school that could like move their improve their lives and their future careers so true yeah uh
0: my first thing is that i would be the muggle who is always accidentally getting portkeyed places because i'm a chronic litter picker upper be the one muggle just like wandering around the Quidditch world cup like what the fuck all i did was try to like throw away this boot i don't understand <laughs>
1: Uh, sorry, I'm just imagining, like, someone from the ministry, and they're like, how do you think you got here? And I'm like, I think I'm actually tripping. Maybe this has LSD <laughs> on it. And they're like, cool, keep thinking that. And then they just magic you back to where you are. <laughs> and you're just like, I had the weirdest, like, like LS like, drug flashback,
0: you guys. Oh, my guys. <laughs> God. Incredible. <laughs> uh,
1: actually, my next point connects greatly to this which is if I had seen evidence or seen someone being splinched, I would want the ministry to come and wipe my memory of that because that is some straight-up disgusting body horror in a way that's just like, ugh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we have to do a deep dive into splinching in health and science because I have so many questions.
1: Yeah, I I actually put a bunch of stuff about that and apparition in general in health and science
0: yeah that's the one the one time i think i uh, with am with you i might consent to having my mind wiped (laughs) like i don't want to see that yeah Uh,
1: i don't want to think about this ever again
0: (laughs) one of my like greatest mostly irrational fears is that i'll be walking my dogs in the woods and they'll lead me to a dead body and i'm like i don't want that at all
1: i feel that I thought that isn't irrational because I also have that same concern about like walking somewhere like in the woods or in a park and there's just like a dead body.
0: Maybe it's just because of all of the like Law and Order and other related shows that we have been consuming since the 90s. It's just like there are bodies everywhere.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize how much that sunk in until the first time i been to New York and whenever I go to New York, like, Central Park is such a gorgeous park. I love it. But every time I'm there, I'm like, I'm going to find a body here. Yes. And it's just it's <laughs> just a 110% law and order <laughs> propaganda into my into my brain from when I was, like, right, in middle school watching SVU, being like, there's just always bodies in Central Park. So many That's bodies in I Central Park. That's <laughs> just how it
0: goes. So I'm going to get to the fact that uh, Cedric is so handsome. <laughs> Ex- does it say extremely handsome extraordinarily handsome uh,
1: it is ex- extremely handsome is the exact quote that Harry gives us about Cedric Diggory Well,
0: baby Harry so excited
1: not just like handsome or like good looking it's like extremely handsome <laughs> Like, alright Harry <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I, how old is Harry at this point he's fifth, 14 because we're in book 4 or is about to be 14 whatever I don't think I even used the word handsome when I was 14, but I'm very into it as a, as a descriptor that Harry's walking around throwing out. Just my extremely handsome classmate.
1: <laughs> and I feel... Okay, so I don't know if maybe this is the place to get into it. Part of my annoyance about this chapter... And maybe we get a better description of Cedric in the last book I don't actually remember... But it's like, okay, he's extremely like, handsome. What does he look like? Mm. Can we get even the singlest, an, even another descriptive word about him? But then I'm like, oh, we clearly already know Harry's type. So he's probably tall and just, I don't know. Pretty. Looks like pretty. Could probably be a lead singer and, you know, a rock band of some kind. Kind of pretty.
0: Yeah. I think we do get descriptions later. I feel like he's described as having gray eyes. Maybe. Maybe. No, actually, I don't remember. I'm sure we get maybe a description. Mm -hmm. It is interesting. Actually, now that you say that, he is maybe the only character in the book that I imagine as the actor who plays him in the movie, which I would assume means that I didn't have a solid pre-existing image of him in my mind. For the first I mean, I watched the movies for the first time when I was twenty eight or twenty seven, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. So for the first twenty years almost of having read the books, I like didn't have anything solid that, that the movie couldn't write over.
1: Yeah. And I mean Robert Patterson is attractive enough to be like, you're, an, you're a you're on decent stand in for a an attractive, nice dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
0: He's not my type, but he is A-type, for sure.
1: Yeah, same. Oh, uh... I'm very here for Percy's smug apparating to breakfast from his room.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> it's just... It just makes me laugh and I'm like, oh, Percy! <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I would totally do that.
1: Uh, yeah, so would I.
0: Uh, okay we gotta talk about sports we haven't talked about sports for a while uh, as an issue not like the sport itself but like sports culture because the twins are apparently like so mad at Cedric that they're not speaking to him because he won at Quidditch one time and Cedric's dad is so smug about him winning at Quidditch one time that he's like one for the history books. You beat Harry Potter at a sports game where one <laughs> or the other of you has to win. Like, it's a 50-50 <laughs> chance here. <laughs> I mean, not really. It's stacked because Harry has a broom that no one else can compete with. But...
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's... You're totally right. And, right, the idea of anyone... Let alone Cedric, considering what we know of him, we get from of his character in this chapter to be like telling. I mean, literal R.I.P. Uh, but telling his grandkids, like, oh yeah, one time I beat Harry Potter at, at school Quidditch.
0: Like, right. It's like your dad doesn't have very high hopes for your future accomplishments. Uh, uh, everyone needs to calm down about sports.
1: Yeah, and sports achievements. Or, for in this instance, quote-unquote achievements, which Amos was very LOL about also. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> oh. Yeah. If it's not, like, an Olympic sport that you're doing, I'm like, I don't understand being, like, it's, like, cool, all right.
0: Yeah, I just feel like winning one sports game is never, like, one to write home about, you know? Unless it's against a team that's just... It's so much more incredible than you. I guess maybe that is the case. But still, his dad knows that it happened because Dementors came on the field. So it's not, I'm sure it doesn't feel good to Cedric to have people be like, that one time that Harry fell off his broom and you caught the snitch. You're great for that. That must feel real shitty. Yeah. Anyway, what do you have here?
1: Uh, I want to pose a question to you about what you think Molly was doing in the house by herself. Because, Arthur with all the kids, so she gets at least a day and a half, two days to herself in the house. I was just imagining her like listening to the radio and like drinking a lot of wine. <laughs> but I
0: don't know. Yeah, taking long baths probably. I was gonna say like, she can't talk on the phone. I don't feel like it's super luxurious to just write letters back and forth with someone while you're having you know, yeah, wine and bubble bath time definitely listening to celestina warbeck top volume
1: oh yeah definitely
0: i hope i hope she goes to doesn't she go to diagon alley and get everybody's school books while they're gone and she probably fucking cleans the house from top to bottom because jk rowling sucks
1: actual scoundrel J.K.R.
0: actual start i'm sorry yes we agreed (laughs) that we were that we were always saying that yes scoundrel J.K.R. sucks uh also, she searched the twins' room.
1: Oh, yeah, she totally did. Which I think we're going to get into later, I'm assuming. Yes, yeah. we are. Okay. I'm so mad about it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I just had a very vivid image of her, like, sitting in the garden with, like, a giant glass of wine. Yeah. You know?
0: I I really, really hope so. I hope she had a, like, beautiful, just wine mom weekend. Yeah. Maybe she magically embroidered some throw pillows with sayings (laughs) on them. (laughs) Uh, That is... I don't know why that makes me laugh so much. (laughs) Um, I'm glad it does because I'm working on a new merch item, which is a throw pillow that says throw your parents into the sun. So (laughs) I'm very excited about that is
1: so great
0: (laughs) we're gonna have some great new merch pretty soon now that we're going in on just like wonderfully clever things that we say during episodes everyone we're also gonna have merch pretty soon that says my vegetarian phase lasted longer than the confederacy
1: (laughs) which I feel like for a lot of folks is true, is very true
0: yeah, mine sure did um, anyway, yes
1: uh, okay uh first off is that uh actual scoundrel jkr went really overboard with the weasel theme of the area that the weasleys live in so the town is ottery st catchpole and the hill they go on is stoat's head hill stoat's just another word for weasel and it's just
0: (laughs) oh otter i get it Mm -hmm. yeah also pole is the aren't pole cats also weasels
1: You know, I keep needing to figure that out. The It comes up a lot in his dark materials, and I'm like, literally, what the fuck is a polecat?
0: It's actually, looking at this picture, I would call it a ferret. That would make sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. One of, I think, maybe my favorite line in this chapter is Arthur telling Amos that, like, oh, yeah, only the redheads are mine. (laughs) And I just want to imagine how many times in the past like been out with like three or four of his kids and their friends and someone's just like are, th- are all any of these kids yours and he's like no the a, <laughs> a redhead ones are <laughs> mine
0: yeah it does feel like a very practiced line that's cute i like it
1: yeah it just it made me laugh and just like i don't know i just really like arthur riesley he also bless him just introduces harry as Ron's to their friend
0: <laughs> seriously <laughs>
1: And, I'm like, I just, I don't know, it's just very, It's just so nice just to be real chill about it and be, like, understated completely.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure Harry fucking appreciated it so much.
1: Yeah. Even if Amos, of course, had to take it to the next level, and Harry's just like, uh, yeah, thanks for knowing why.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, my <laughs> God. He makes it so awkward.
1: Yeah, so intense. Um... And I guess just my last thing is just LOL sob about Amos talking about Cedric's grandkids. Oh, God, his I grandkids. And I'm just like, what is, why? Why? Why <laughs> twist the knife this early? Are you fucking kidding me?
0: Uh, it's, I don't know, man. It was one of the parts of this chapter that I was like, yep, that's good writing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it, it hurts on reread. Yeah. To be like, you're so excited.
0: Welcome to the politics section where we talk about things that are fucked up. Let's talk about Molly, please.
1: All right, let's talk about Molly.
0: Okay, I I wrote, what in the sexist nonsense? Why is she not going to the World Cup, first of all? Just, let's start there. It's not that it's, like, not for girls because Hermione and Jenny are going. Right. Why isn't Molly going?
1: I mean that is an excellent question i assume molly was like please let me have this two days to myself (laughs) take all these take all these kids
0: i mean we can in world explain it away with that but i don't think that's why she was written to not be going to the world cup yeah
1: no no yeah that would be a generous reading which we're not doing um yeah just sexism it's like moms don't do fun things i mean do we i mean now that i think about it we don't really ever see Molly any place besides Diagon Alley, her home, and then when she's at Hogwarts, at the very, like, last three pages of the battle. Like, she doesn't go anywhere.
0: No, she doesn't. I mean, she's at, she's at Grimmauld Place, but oh, she's you're right. living there and just, like, taking care of everyone, just like she does, so it doesn't really count. Yeah. Do you think she has friends?
1: I don't know. No.
0: I don't think she has friends.
1: I mean, I also, okay, I also don't think she has friends because I've known people whose moms have been the kind of moms where it's like their kids are their entire lives. And it's really intense and a lot of times not super healthy for for their kids. And I feel like the way that Molly is written is like that.
0: Yeah. I want Molly to have a book club or like a knitting group or both i hate i hate i hate it i hate the way that she's written also so i I have a lot of frustration with her in this chapter but before we get to that i just want to complain about just how she is presented to us so we see her she's a human alarm clock
1: which seems bizarre in a magical world right
0: are
1: you like are you shitting me you could have actual birds wake you up at this point. You have magic.
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and then I mean, she's she's awake cooking for everyone, waking everyone up at you know fuck o'clock in the morning when she doesn't need to be. She's not going, but she's fucking awake, waking people up, cooking them breakfast for what? Like, why can't why couldn't Arthur have done that and let her have a lion because? He's leaving and she's not leaving.
1: Right. Yeah. Everyone could have been fine making their own toast or whatever. Yeah. You know, or some snacks. Yeah. And I mean, it is very frustrating. And especially when you think about Bill and Charlie and Percy. Well, I mean, Percy's living at home, but like he has a job. But like grown ass adults, grown ass adult men, which is IRL. One of the things that is super annoying about dudes, says dudes is like dudes who are like in their mid to late 20s taking their laundry home for their moms to do. And it's like, are you shitting me? Yeah. You're, what? And I want to preface that by saying, I'm talking about dudes who don't have any kind of impairment to prevent them from doing these things, like cooking for themselves or doing their own laundry. They just do. Right. Because the patriarchy. Right. And these are skills as a person you should know how to do for yourself if you're able to do them
0: absolutely you know
1: and so i think between last chapter and this chapter like you could totally imagine bill and charlie being like cool i brought some laundry with me um this duffel bag if you could just like wash it and fold it in my bed for me thanks and she would and it's just like what
0: i weirdly don't think that bill or charlie would do that not because she taught them Differently, because I think Molly would would be super down to do that, but because it feels like, and I think we talked about this last time, even though it's been like two months since we recorded that episode, but it feels like they have very intentionally tried to sort of separate themselves from the family in a way that to me feels like they have gotten very good at doing their own laundry and like cooking Mm. for themselves. But Percy, even if he didn't live at home, feels very much like he would be like mom do my laundry just like full entitlement of just why would I do this for myself when my mom has volunteered to do it for me
1: yeah it's like I'm busy and important I don't have time to do my own laundry or cook an actual meal for myself
0: yeah and I, I feel like the Molly that we are given is hurt by the fact that Bill and Charlie don't bring laundry home for her to do i'm sure she insists on doing like cleaning any clothes that they dirty while they're there
1: yeah no you're right or maybe attempting to because i think giving at least definitely bill's vibe it's oh you have a kind of scuffed dingy leather coat on purpose (laughs) molly's probably forever trying to be like can i get you a nicer coat yeah or at least let me polish and like take care of the leather and he's like no this is intentional
0: yeah 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 (laughs) although i feel like his clothes are also a combination of that and things that are like dry clean only
1: yeah (laughs) yeah no you're totally right
0: and molly is like it's ridiculous to have dry clean only clothes like just let me i'll be i'll clean it and bill's like don't you fucking touch my dry clean only pants absolutely not
1: yep yep (laughs) you're you're right
0: it's very hot
1: no definitely Yeah, and I'm sure all of Charlie's clothing is just whatever the magical equivalent of Carhartt is.
0: Yeah, definitely. I
1: guess the European version of whatever Carhartt or Dickies is. Yeah. So, maybe Carhartt or Dickies. I actually, I don't know.
0: I think they're both made in the U.S., pretty sure.
1: No, yeah, they're both made in the U.S. I guess, I just didn't know if, I mean, I'm sure there is an equivalent brand that people are like, this is for people who work in construction and work outdoors and... Pretentious hipsters You want to look like they're the common person. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. If you're okay with it, I think it makes sense to transition from the things that we hate about how Molly is written to the things that we hate about how Molly treats her children.
1: Yes. It's a good...
0: Do you want to start?
1: <laughs> Just the ever... I mean, the way that Molly treats the twins... It's just forever painful and just, it just, at least for me, just feels too much like y'all are too neurodiverse neuro for the rest of this family or neuro atypical for the rest of this family. Why can't you succeed in a way that is con- like conventional and normal right. and not in this quote unquote weird way? Uh, and which is just 110% like what's going on with the twins. I know. So it's like, who the fuck cares? They got like three, like three owl, owls total
0: the 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 part where they're like we spent six months developing those and she's like you wasted six months just makes me so sad that like no your fucking kids spent six months working on one project and created magic that no one had created before whether or not you think that magic is you know useful or whatever i mean for the love of god people get scholarships for shit like that i and she just fucking throws it away she's like why didn't you destroy it and it's like because they've been worked like what the hell what the hell oh god yeah no wonder i mean like they leave without talking to her and i'm like yeah she like betrayed them as a parent
1: yeah it's like could you have ground their self-esteem and self-worth any lower into the ground in your lack and your negative support of their endeavors? Like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like to just be like, oh, that's not a valid, like you didn't do real learning just because you didn't do the learning that, you know, was given to you to be doing. I It just seems wild to me. The idea of someone being like, oh, yeah, you taught yourself without any lessons how to do this incredibly complicated thing that's not worthwhile is just like, why would you why would you say that? You can be like, I need you to prioritize your time better. I would really appreciate it if we could figure out a way for you both to do your schoolwork so you can graduate and do this thing that you're interested in. But there's no reason to be like, this skill that you spent a ton of time and effort teaching yourself how to do doesn't matter. Yeah. That's just fucked up.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's it's, it's so fucked up and also so frustrating because... And I mean, I don't know. I don't even know if Molly would... Be reacting differently to this If she knew that the twins Mind You know the way their mind works was Different than like the you know Her other kids even though I mean I think also Charlie is You don't just fuck off with, like across The continent away from your family to hang out with Dragons all the time if you're Like neuro, n- Neurotypical That just not, that does not to me sound like a That's like a thing I would do <laughs>
0: like, I mean, (laughs) I don't know about that. I think... Fair. I think that he can be neurotypical and also have wanted to, like, fuck off across the country because, like, he's asexual. Or, you know, there's a variety of reasons that one might want to get away from parents like the Weasleys. Though, you know, being asexual and very into dragons is absolutely something that I think that comes with neurodiversity, so...
1: I just assume anyone who... Wants to spend time more with animals than people. It's like you're, we're on the same (laughs) we're on the same wavelength in a good way. I'm like, yes, you're my people. (laughs) Which is to say, let's just all separately be hanging out with our animals.
0: This Uh, is why you should join our Patreon so that you can join our Discord where people just share pictures of their pets with each other and compliment each other's pets all the time, and it's so cute.
1: It's very lovely. I literally forgot where we were. Oh, yeah. Molly, th- Molly throwing out the twins' six six months of work. I would be <sighs> livid. Yeah. I would have been screaming back, probably, because that's just... Inex- I just would have lost my goddamn mind.
0: I know. Yeah.
1: So my next thing is, is about apparition, which is... At least in the information we get in this chapter, it seems to be the most regulated thing besides, I don't know, being a werewolf that we get in this whole fucking series. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to take a test and have a license. There are fines if you break the law. Uh, it seems from what the sense we get, like, very heavily regulated. And I'm like, guys are regulating the- Maybe not the wrong things. Like, cauldron bottoms makes a lot of sense. Apparition seems very dangerous. Makes a lot of sense. And yet... Everything going go at Hogwarts. These seven books is just free reign. Just do whatever you want, at Hogwarts.
0: It seems like they regulate, like, transportation generally. Like, the flu network is regulated. Port keys are regulated. Apparition is regulated. I think regulating the flu network makes sense so that you can't just, like, flu into a muggle's house. That would be fucked up. Yeah. Port keys, yeah, because if, like, Mo- if you fuck with a muggle, whatever, apparition, apparition, whatever, only affects you. Like, I actually, I think it makes sense to offer lessons. I don't think it makes sense that you necessarily need a license any more than you need a license to fly a broom, which you can hurt someone else doing and is much more likely to be seen by a muggle this is just like you can splint yourself that only affects you like don't we need driver's licenses and to have that regulated because you can hurt other people isn't that sort of the whole thing is like yeah you can kill other people with a car
1: yeah i don't know i don't know it seems it seems i think you're right it does seem very confusing why this seems so tightly regulated
0: it's also weird because i mean obviously i don't i don't think they can track everyone who's apparating but then you only catch people who do things like splinch themselves and then you find them as if having splinched themselves is not punishment enough and reason enough to not fucking apparate again until you know what you're doing
1: yeah i feel like my question is where do these fines go
0: to the ministry i'm sure
1: yeah Which I guess we did the question, which I'm sure I must have asked, is if anyone is paying taxes, but...
0: Yeah, it's a really good question. I want to talk about the fact that apparently people who can't afford good tickets have to take two extra weeks off of work to go to the game.
1: This is literally my next thing.
0: (laughs) If I didn't know for a fact that J.K. Rowling has been broke in her life like started off her writing career legitimately broke i would be like you must have always been wealthy like how do you write this i don't understand
1: actually okay actually i have a different take on this in which this makes total sense to me because i was trying to figure out exactly how to like if there's like a phrase for this but basically one of the Fucked up things about poverty, at least how poverty works in the United States, is that things take so much more time for impoverished folks than people who have money to sort of grease the wheels for things. Like, every social public service thing, thing takes forever. And a lot of times it's like, and and for a lot of those things, it's like you got to show up and you got to wait because it's like not like you can make an appointment. It's just like first come, first serve kind of deals. And so, I and so I actually think that like it seems, disgustingly realistic. For it's like, oh, you can't afford this, the cheap sheets. You need to be here two weeks before everyone else, while someone like the Malfoys can probably just show up, twenty minutes before the game, and be like, cool. I didn't have to do. I didn't have to waste any of my more valuable time.
0: I mean, yes, and though because, if you have to buy the cheap tickets. And it's like, okay, well, you have to show up two weeks early, then you just be like, well, I can't go, right? Like, if you have to be at work for those two weeks, then even if you could afford cheap tickets, you still wouldn't actually be able to go to the game.
1: Yeah, it is... It is kind of... the, The logistics of that don't make as much sense, unless it's kind of like... Unless maybe the like it's kind of like, at that point, the only people probably buying those seats are... Or those tickets are... People like Luna's deck, I cannot remember how to pronounce his name, who work for themselves are like probably like young people, like people in their 20s who could just take two weeks to like camp in a moor uh, for two weeks waiting for the World Cup.
0: Yeah. It's also confusing because the game lasts for an indeterminate amount of time. So if you work in the witching world, I guess people are just like, well, Game's still going, so you're not coming back to work. But if you work in the muggle world, like, you're fucked. <laughs> you're very <laughs> I fucked. Uh,
1: I also think, I also was thinking that the the, the portkey has kind of the same vibe. because So they get up right at the Ash crack of Dawn to walk an indeterminate distance for an indeterminate amount of time, like an hour or 45 minutes, to take a 7.30 a.m. portkey. And this is basically, in my brain, the equivalent of taking a, like, Getting an Amtrak ticket that's like at a weird time because the weird inconvenient times, like you're leaving at eleven thirty and getting in at like six forty-five, are the ones that are like thirty dollars cheaper than getting leaving at normal at a like regular time and like getting arriving at a like reasonable hour. Yeah, and I was kind of like, oh, the seven thirty a.m. Port Key, I would have not have made. Oh uh, God, I know.
0: Yeah taken so many butt crack of dawn flights and i'm just so grateful that evan is a morning person because he's just like (laughs) wake up i made you coffee try not to be grumpy everything's ready to go all you have to do is wake up and not yell at anyone (laughs) like thank you Uh,
1: yeah it's good for at least one person to be a morning person yeah yeah, I think I'm in the Evan situation because I can function without coffee, and because so I don't drink coffee. But Nicole can't. Yeah. So it's always like, "Oh, you haven't had your coffee yet. That's why <laughs> you were like glaring daggers at me. I'm just gonna <laughs> be real quiet until you finish that, and I'll just I'll just be over here. Yeah." <laughs> <sighs>
0: Welcome to Advertisements, where we ask you for money and then make you laugh. Um, the first advert is not actually an advert, I just wrote you all a little poem. <laughs> mm. <clears throat> this pod is made possible by listeners like you. Please go leave us a five-star review. It makes us so glad and tells people we're rad, so they'll want to start listening, too. Oh,
1: that's so great!
0: Thank you. I love it. <laughs> Uh, I know that's like the limerick cadence, but I based it on Ginny's Valentine to Harry. All right, next (laughs) next ad. This episode is brought to you by Muggle Magic. Muggle Magic is a six-week program created by Muggleborns designed to help the modern witch understand and navigate the world we share with muggles, whether we like it or not. (laughs) Topics include dressing like a muggle at any age, muggle transportation and how it can improve your life, using muggle money common muggle terms and how to use them, and more. So if you're sick of sneaking around, relying on terribly uncomfortable methods of transportation, and being restricted to the minuscule part of the country witches have carved out for themselves, sign up for <laughs> muggle magic today. Listeners of the Gaily Prophet get half off our bonus driver's education program when they sign up using the offer code Gaily. <laughs> That's a crap
1: off. Yeah, I mean... There are a lot of downsides to cars, but there is literally no good transportation option in the witching world. I guess besides apparating.
0: Yeah. All right. Yes, let's let this kickstart our editorial section. So. Welcome to editorials where we rant about stuff. Just everything about the reason that they can't get there in reasonable ways doesn't even make any sense. It's like we can't all crowd their transportation systems and it's like, they will not notice. I don't know what you're talking about. You can all go get on a train at the same time and people will be like, there must be an event happening somewhere. Done. End of thought. Ugh, the train is full today. I'm gonna keep looking at my phone. Like... Yeah. what the hell this is so silly this is so silly
1: yeah I don't I, yeah
0: I bet all the muggle-borns and people who are married to muggles and half-bloods who are raised with muggle parents or in some way r- relating to the muggle world just fucking took a cab there the day of and were like oh here I am <laughs> like, missed <laughs> my <port> key. <laughs> oh well <laughs>
1: The only thing I could think of is, I guess I don't, I can't really visualize what a hundred thousand people coming into a, like, into an area is, but it's like, and maybe the UK muggle government would notice, like, who are all these weirdos coming out of nowhere all of a sudden? But even that seems like probably wouldn't have happened.
0: I mean, given that anyone who's coming without kids is almost certainly apparating. That takes Mm -hmm. it down already by a huge chunk, I think. Yeah, And... That's true. I mean, they're staggering arrivals, apparently. But, like, they could all just, like, rent cars. I don't know. There's there's definitely much easier ways that... I just feel like they created a lot of trouble for themselves where they really didn't have to.
1: Yeah. And... (sighs) I, and i was I was thinking about this earlier because in a lot of ways I actually kind of I actually really enjoyed the discussion of this sort of logistics of you know oh we're having this giant we're having this international magical sporting event and here are some logistical issues and I'm like yes tell me more about these yeah <laughs> issues but really the ministry of magic just could have go on to the British government and be like, hey, we're having, like, a Burning Man. (laughs) And everyone would have been, like, all these weirdos in cloaks. Like, all right, they're going to to Burning Man. Okay.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) And also, I mean, just at a, you know, scaling way back level, if they had fucking cars, Molly could have driven everyone to the port key and then driven home, and they wouldn't have had to walk for 45 minutes. You know?
1: Yeah.
0: Amos and... Cedric, I don't, does Cedric have a mom?
1: I, uh... No, he
0: totally does, who also isn't going, because sports matches are for young women, but not adult women, apparently.
1: Moms don't watch sports, (sighs) didn't you know that?
0: (laughs) Even sports that their children play and excel at. They're like, I have no interest in that. Anyway. Yeah, they could have gotten rides. They could have, you know... Parked in a fucking parking ride in town, and then walked up the hill. There's just this is ridiculous.
1: No, you're correct. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, just full stop.
0: Uh, yeah. What else?
1: Uh, port keys are a good idea in concept, but seem like a terrible way to try, to go anywhere.
0: In physically a terrible way, or.
1: Oh, yeah, just physically. I mean, the weird jerking sensation that Harry describes seems not fun.
0: I imagine that it feels like going down a hill on a roller coaster. I think that's what I've always pictured.
1: Which I don't like. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But I will say that it makes sense for me to... That not all the transportation seems painless because it's kind of like... IRL transportation where it's like cars and trains are cool but a lot of people get motion sick and planes are cool but people like me hate that fucking shit and it's just kind of like it's hard to get around and it's like walking is fine but you're going real slow so I feel like it makes sense for Porky's to have like that weird it's not just all like you blink and you're there and it's not like you've even done anything Yeah, but it still would not be my preferred method of going anyway <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I like that it's fast. I just think it's annoying that you can't just be like, make a port key where you are.
1: I know why couldn't the World Cup? The mists have mailed all of the UK, which is a port key. Like, cool.
0: What a great question, this, Jesse. This,
1: bo- <laughs> this bottle cap
0: that just you a leave. fucking owl. The letter itself is the port key holy shit yes their timer (laughs) activated even though they won't be at the end of this book but currently their timer activated they could have just sent everyone to key by owl
1: oh but then how would we have had this exchange with cedric and amos if they're not trucking at dawn to hike up a hill after eating breakfast which sounds terrible i would have been they left at
0: 2 a.m what the fuck Amos works for, for at- the ministry.
1: <laughs> like, were they walking for four? Hours?
0: Apparently, like, what is happening? They have brooms. Why couldn't they just like stash their brooms somewhere? Ridiculous. Yeah. Also, isn't sorry, Cedric's the seventh year, right? He should have passed his test. Is he? Yeah, because you have to be a seventh year to sign up for the.
1: No, you just you just have to be sixteen. Because I think think there are sixth and seventh years who try to put their. Then you have to be
0: 17, right? Because they come of age at 17. I got it. Hang on. You have to be over 17.
1: Okay.
0: I mean, I guess in theory, he could be a sixth year. My next one is uh, Cedric's dad sucks. What the hell?
1: you mean being all weird about cedric beating harriet
0: (laughs) he's so rude it's (laughs) unbelievable it's like how 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 just from from jump you know he's like oh my god harry potter look at your scar let me look at you and then he's like remember that one time my kid beat you at sports (laughs) it's so great my kid's so great he beat you at sports remember Harry and Harry's like the fuck how am I supposed to respond <laughs> to this it's so awkward I, th-
1: I, th- I think I've just always read it as Amos being so extra because Cedric is like their only kid and I mean from all we get from the book not a shitty person you know it- but it does seem weird for you to be like haha.
0: yeah <laughs> I mean, he can What's brag about beanie? it around the, you know, water cooler at work or whatever, but, like, to Harry's actual face? That's too much. Don't do that.
1: Yeah, that's really intense. But, I think that's why, like, we get right off the bat about what a good kid Cedric is, because he's like, oh, come on, Dad, like, he fell off his broom. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't, like, a big triumph, like, yeah he had a health emergency and almost died. So, and just and just him, like, saying that and being like,
0: oh. I know. It's
1: just, it's just, it's so endearing. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> you're just too good. He you're is. like, Dad, come on, it's not what happened. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it, that's. Yeah. So it seems kind of weird to me that Amos and Arthur are kind of like is this it? Is anyone else coming? And I'm like don't you guys know probably anyone who lives in a hundred mile radius like there's only there's not that many witches in in Britain like uh isn't this basically just like y'all are in a small town a very large geographically small town which led me to think about how weird it is that I don't know Cedric and the Weasley kids didn't like hang out together before school or something you know like And I mean, I guess that the, the Weasleys are a big enough family you don't need to bring other children in to like hang out with your kids, but I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, if they're coming from direct opposite directions and Cedric and his dad walked for four hours and the Weasleys just walked for 45 minutes and they don't have cars, I don't really know how they would
1: true. get their kids together. That is true. I mean, they could have like flewed over.
0: Oh, that's true. But they could flew anywhere.
1: Yeah. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me that a lot of the kids act like they're only meeting each other at school when it's like...
0: I think they are. I don't think that these kids have robust social lives before age 11. And it's a miracle that any of them know how to make a friend. Which is why they should all just fucking live in society with muggles to so your children... I mean, this is the 90s. Like, these kids should just be running around outside, playing... Like, playdate wasn't even a word that existed yet when you and I were growing up. You just played. You just went outside. That's <laughs>
1: true. I know these kids don't even have bikes. Like I don't. It doesn't look like anyone gets brooms to go hang out, fly over to their friend's house. They I can't know. Just...
0: I know. I mean, I don't. My mom is like extremely antisocial, so maybe this wasn't like super common. But like. I ne- she never set up a like play situation for me from the time that I was like six years old and knew how to use a phone my friends and I called each other and were like do you want to come over can I come over whatever and like we set it up anytime someone's like mom was like I want to talk to Lark's mom first my mom was like why. <laughs> I feel like I learned well from her. She's like, the fuck? Why are you handing me a phone? How dare you?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think my mom only did that for... That I can remember, like, once or twice. And there'd be like, hey, I have a coworker who has a kid that's exactly your age. We should hang out. And yeah. Like, But also, I was also a weird kid, so I'm kind of like... And, like, the block that I grew up on, like, there's a ton of kids. So it's like, I didn't need to go anywhere to interact with kids, but...
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, before I think before I was maybe in like second or third grade, I didn't have any friends that I couldn't just like see their house from my house. Anyway.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Anyone from a small town want to weigh in on this cuz again, I grew up in a city, so I don't know what happens if your next neighbor is 5 miles away.
0: <laughs> I mean, Evan grew up like that. He and his brother rode bikes to their like in situations where I'm like, <laughs> that <miles> is dangerous, <laughs> I, even as someone who thinks that it was better when kids could just have some fucking freedom, I'm like, no, those roads are narrow. People drive so fast. Holy shit, you're like six years old riding your bike like five miles to your friend's house. That's ridiculous. But that is the answer, I think, <laughs> to the question. <laughs> At least with a broom, you're not going to get hit by a car. You're above...
1: This is this is true. This is very true. Yeah, it it seems weird. The only people we see doing this is Harry, who has such a terrible home life. He doesn't want to. He wants to actively get away. And Snape's flashbacks, which honestly, same reason. So yeah, maybe only the Muggle kids are like, all right, well, let's go hang out. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we're hitting touching upon why this the witching world list so dysfunctional
0: i mean i think so these kids are so isolated
1: okay so i have one last thing okay which is do you think the love goods are poor probably <laughs> all right because it's been a while since i've read the later books when we go to her house besides her very tender uh mural which makes me cry every time and her dad being a super big weirdo but yeah like they've been there for a week already <laughs> which is like again like xenophilius however you pronounce his name like he works for himself
0: i think it's xenophilius
1: xenophilius luna's dad works for himself so of course he can be camping in a beautiful moor for however long he wants to like he's in charge right and like let's be real there are no other employees at the quibbler
0: right
1: (laughs) there's maybe one person who like (laughs) owls in some articles, but he is the only person who works there. So, of course, he can just be like, I'm off. Right. I mean, Lunar's gonna hang out looking for cool bugs, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that we are supposed to assume that he doesn't make a lot of money from, I mean, his potential purchasing public is already a very small pool of people, and then his newspaper is sort of maligned within that pool of people, so yeah and they're a single income household
1: Mm-hmm.
0: though i guess that's yeah. sort of everyone in the witching world because gender dynamics
1: women aren't mothers and work lark
0: <laughs> no it's impossible
1: the gender politics of this book is so fun.
0: welcome to the health and science section where we talk about magic and science and magical science
1: anything i have here is about apparition me too do you want to start or do you want me to start
0: uh sure it's so i think you know we've gone back and forth on like why don't people just apparate with their kids and i've sort of been like i think it's hard i think that side along apparating is really hard and you have to be very good and like very magically powerful to do it and i feel mm-hmm. like that gets confirmed in this conversation with arthur where he's like yeah no like even well established which is you know people who are like very good at magic generally are like fuck that actually so it, it does make it make a little more sense that people are putting their kids on the hogwarts express
1: right are they using the flu or they're using port keys or however all the various ways harry is getting around yeah up until book seven right Yeah. So that leads me to the, my kind of big question, which is what, what actually is happening when you're apparating? And I think the fact that it seems super dangerous and a lot of witches are like, nah, I'm good. And the fact that you're literally, if you fuck it up, you leave parts of yourself, maybe half of yourself. I don't know if that's a correction or not in the place that you originally were. And then part of it is in the place where you're trying to go.
0: Right.
1: So this has to be like, you are moving across space-time in a way that is very probably not very well understood. Right. And like, where are you going in that second when you aren't here or there? Like, I mean, in in a different kind of world building, that shit would make you go mad. Because you're just sort of in the empty expanse of the universe, question mark? Like, what is happening?
0: Yeah. Do they go the same place that vanished objects go?
1: Oh, maybe. I feel like there's some kind of weird, like, dark matter at play with this. Like, this is some weird year breaking the laws of space and time that only happen at wormholes. And it's like, is this a tiny wormhole?
0: Right. I mean, it's teleportation without a computer. And, like, computers are the primary thing that would make teleportation possible because it yeah. stores your information and then re downloads yeah. it you know
1: right and then this i mean i guess the sense of how i've always thought about apparition is that it must be you have to focus really hard on like keeping your body intact and then also magically teleporting yourself to a place so of course people splinch themselves like i can't i mean i could barely you know eat and walk without tripping like trying to imagine keeping my body together while I hurl myself through space and time across hundreds of miles yeah leaving parts of me behind that sounds hard as fuck
0: yeah oh yeah it's it's really wild I mean it's really wild especially knowing what we know about like actual teleportation and how you know one tiny glitch in the 3d printed new version of you would mean that you you know your your new newly uploaded downloaded whatever newly printed self would be dead as opposed to alive mm-hmm. it's like okay so these people splinch themselves and yet somehow they're fine they're like not bleeding they're is their consciousness in two places at once like what's happening
1: yeah and we get a lot of like surface stuff. But, like, right, what happens if you apparate incorrectly? Like, do you leave, like, any of, like, your internal organs behind? Because you really can't live without that. Oh, my God.
0: What if you operate and you just leave, like, your intestines in a pile on the sidewalk, but the rest of you goes where you're supposed to go? That's fucking horrifying. Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: okay. And, okay, so this... And the main reason... So the main thing this kind of reminds me of is that there is this... Stephen King short story about like a magical future where it has like a technological version of kind of, of apparating where like someone built this like weird device where you, you go in one end and then like several million, several hundred or millions of feet and miles away, like you come right out.
0: So like a wormhole.
1: Like a wormhole. But the twist is the person who discovered it realized that conscious beings can't be awake for that process something like it does something to people well like like small animals it just kills straight out but it kind of does something to the like human mind where it's sort of like even though getting from one place to another is like a split second it's sort of like if you're a if you're conscious of what's happening that time between one location to the other is untold amounts of time and just like the conscious mind being unable to handle any of that mm. uh, is actually, I mean, which is a really good concept and also like very horrifying. I mean, it's Stephen King. So the ending is uh, upsetting. they upsetting. Yeah. The ending is upsetting, but I don't know. And so I think, so I think a lot about, about that. Cause like, right. It's like what sort of weird bending of space time is happening when you're apparating. And like, I think there's like, is there other concerns besides just splinching yourself i think like what happens if you don't arrive for whatever reason where you're going like where are you you know
0: you mean like can you get suspended in nothingness and just never arrive at your your destination
1: yeah
0: huh i have to assume that the answer is no given what we see of their lessons because it really is just like cool try you know, and That's true. the assumption is the worst thing that can happen is that you splint yourself and then we just fix you because apparently you're fine.
1: Yeah. I guess the other thing I'm, I have a question about is that and I mean, obviously this is the twins kind of exaggerating the story about Charlie operating just on top of some poor woman and it's like how? Like what? <laughs> like what is happening? Like none of this sounds very safe, but
0: Oh, right, because that does beg the question, like, can you operate and land inside of someone? Can you land inside of a wall?
1: Right, or if it's, like, you're trying to go to where there's a higher elevation of where you are and you miss, are you just, like, up in the air then you fall? Because you're like, oh, I didn't end up however many miles above sea level on land.
0: See, Because that's what's
1: what, what making me sound like, like, Charlie, like, operated like, 20 feet off the ground and, like, fell on some poor woman or something. That's like
0: you know what this is this is why we were so excited when chuck tingle told us all about how the teleportation spell worked in his book (laughs) because these are the questions these are the fucking questions and it's so important to know or not i mean it's not important quote unquote to the story but to the reader you know in terms of world building it really helps if you can be like I want to think more about how that works. And there are actual answers in the text for you.
1: Right. And even if like we as a reader don't get all the answers, I want to at least have the sense that the author knows yeah. those <laughs> answers. Because yeah. I mean, granted, like I love world building logistics, but like not everyone needs to know every lo- like logistical detail of your created world. Like that's fine. But I still like you still need to know so you can have characters you know you could like mention a thing you never get into and that's totally fine as long as you know like the logistics and the process of how stuff works so especially when you have like a magic system
0: yeah and when you have these kids going to lessons as if it's driver's ed to learn how to operate, i think it's super reasonable to be like i think that in those lessons we should have at least three to four sentences that covers Can you materialize inside of a wall by accident? Can you accidentally materialize hovering in space? Like, how does it account for the fact that the Earth is hurtling through space at an extraordinary speed? Exactly. We should get to have the answers to these questions.
1: Mm -hmm. But we don't.
0: We don't. (laughs) And on that note, (laughs) um, are you done? I am done. Me too.
1: We still managed to get an hour and a half out of this very short chapter. You
0: know what? We haven't recorded in a while. We had a lot to say to each other.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is also very true.
0: So much of this is just going to be on Patreon. Cool. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Gaily Prophet. Uh, If you haven't yet, you should totally read Carry On by Rainbow Rowell and then check out our other podcast, Escape from Reality, which is spelled E-S-G-A-Y-P-E. Um, and if you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, we have a Buffy podcast for our patrons called We Are the Gayers that you can check out by joining us on Patreon at patreon.com slash I'm going all out of order, but like, whatever. Yeah. All of those things are creations of hashtag Ruthless Productions and are produced, mixed and edited by me.
1: That's right. If you want to know when uh, the episodes of all these podcasts are coming up, you should follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Prophet. If you want to follow me on the internet <laughs> you can follow me on instagram at uh, live from detroit and on twitter at uh, jesse underscore detroit
0: you can follow me on instagram at lark malachi or you can find me on my website which is larkmalachi.com and if you want to you can get a tarot reading from me there our show art is by theo julian forrester the music and our theme song is by kevin mcleod and until next time Just take a cab. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.